Hi, welcome back to Book Bus with Jen and Ping, a podcast where we talk about romance books, our current reads, and we also have the pleasure of sitting down with some of our favorite authors and chatting with them about their amazing books. Hi, everyone. It's definitely been a, a I feel like it's been a freaking long week. Mm-hmm. And the daylight time saving, um, um, you know, I love it when it's in the fall, but during the spring like this, I don't really like time daylight time changing saving whatever you call it but i hope that did not mess any that time change did not mess anyone up because i'm pretty sure it's gonna mess up my daily schedule well technically we're losing an hour yes yes an hour of sleep (laughs) (laughs) well anyways so today we have the pleasure of chatting with international best-selling author K.A. Tucker. She, she has written complimentary romance, fantasy, suspense. All of them are absolutely amazing. And we recently finished reading Running Wild. And oh my gosh, this book gave us all mm-hmm. the feels. <laughs> we cried so many times for this book and it was really refreshing at, at times. It was really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Something new for the both of us. And um, it was definitely more than what we expected. And we love every single minute of it. So can't wait to talk to her about the books and her books. And so sit back, grab some coffee, and hope you j- enjoy today's podcast. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. It's truly an honor and a pleasure. And how are you doing today? I am good. I'm great. It's, you know, it's Saturday. So it's our our March break that just started now in in Canada. And uh, so our kids are off for the week. And so we're just getting ready for that. But otherwise, we're good. That's awesome. You know, I've always wanted to go to Canada. Always. You've never been? Where are you from? I'm from Texas. And then I'm from California, so. So you guys are way down there on the a nice warm side, though. Right now, it's it's, it's snowing here. It's been snowing since yesterday, so. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> so I would take California or Texas. Right <laughs> See, and I would take the snow over. Texas weather is, like, so bipolar. One day, we're in the 80s. The next, we're, like, in the 30s, 20s. So it's, like. <laughs> what part of Texas are you in? Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. So they have really wonky weather there, right? It's yes. all over. Yeah. So like yesterday we were like in the 30s and the previous day we were in the high 70s. That's it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's why <laughs> everybody's sick right now with the flu or something. <laughs> yeah. What part of California are you in? Oh, um, I'm in the Central Valley. So it's like in the obviously the center of California. So we don't get snow here. We just, it haven't been really raining much either. So it's kind of dry. But since it's still in the winter, it's still green. But once it's summer, it's just dry and yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So to get to know you a little bit more, what can you tell us what inspired you to start to publish your first book and to start writing? Um. So I was actually on, it was, uh, how many years ago now? 12 years ago, I guess. 
um, 12, more than 12 now. And I was on maternity leave with both with my second child and we have a year long maternity here. And, uh, and so I, it was, it was a tough maternity break for me with my, my younger kid was, um, she was a very young baby and very, very difficult, very difficult child. Um, but my older one also was difficult because as we learned later, she, uh, was diagnosed, she has autism. So it was a very kind of a, just a tough time right then I was on, I was at home, um, struggling and needing some sort of escape for myself. And I've always been an avid reader. Um, and I had an idea to write a book. I used to write when I was much younger and, um, but that wasn't something that I was doing at that point, but I decided, you know what, just for myself, I'm going to escape and start to write. And so I started writing and I just, I fell in love with it and um, it became a passion of mine again. And I knew that it was something that I wanted to continue, even as I went back to work and the kids went to daycare and and I picked up life again. And, um, and so it was a hobby and I self-published a few books and, and then I wrote 10 tiny breaths and it did extremely well just with the timing. When I released it, it was just kind of perfect timing. And, uh, and then from there, it just really snowballed. I was offered representation by an agent. I was offered um, a publishing contract from a publisher. And yeah, and then, and then I, at that point, I had to make a decision of whether I was going to stay in my career, which was a corporate career, or if I was going to write because I couldn't do both. And on top of that, be a mom and, and everything. So um, it was a very, it was a, scary decision, but a very easy decision at that point to, to make the switch into full-time writing. And I haven't looked back since. What genre would you say is the one that inspired you to start writing? Uh, it was fantasy. It was uh, it was a fantasy. I have always loved fantasy. I shouldn't say that. Sorry. That's a lie. I, I don't haven't always loved fantasy. Mm-hmm. I would not touch fantasy for a very long time. And then in my twenties, my husband said, you have to read the wheel of time. He handed me the wheel of time. So mm-hmm. you have to read it. You have to read it. And I said, I don't like fantasy. I, I don't, I don't like this, you know, Dungeons and Dragons thing. I don't, you know, it's not my thing. And he said, no, 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 you have to read it. And so I read it. And then I just, I, I was obsessed with fantasy for years and years and years. I carved through so many of these big, crazy series of, you know, 800 to a thousand page books. And, um, but they were all, they were all written by men at that point back then, um, and the ones that I was reaching for and the ones that were popular. And um, so I've actually found myself gravitating back very much towards fantasy, although I love contemporary romance just as much, but I'm really, really loving reading um, fantasy written by women. Mm-hmm. So what is the most difficult part um, that you discovered while writing? Oh gosh, uh, where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I find a writing is very, very tough for me. It's, um, I've always been, um, more of a critical thinker and, um, kind of a logistical thinker. So to, to use the other side of my brain, the creative side, it, it's a huge challenge. I love it. Um, but it's, it's a big challenge. And I, I find I'm constantly gravitating toward the, the critical side as I'm writing. And so as I'm being creative, the other side of my brain is saying, no, 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 you know, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. And, and so I have to juggle kind of both of those sides as I'm writing. Otherwise I'm just constantly stalled, but I would say that's probably my, my toughest challenge with writing. 
And when you're writing, because you said you've written fantasy and you've written contempl- complementary romance, what what is harder for you to develop a plot for, like the fantasy or you know the most more romance stories? Um, the, you know what? They're challenging for different reasons. Um, fantasy, obviously, is it is tough to write because you are creating an entire world, an entire system that really shouldn't be or isn't. Um, identical to what you're what we're living right because it's mm-hmm. fantasy so I mean it's not reality and so there's the challenge with that but the benefit to that is you can you can go as far in any direction as you want as long as you are developing some sort of rule system and following it right um, you know so there's two sides to that there's kind of the you know the the positive and then the challenges um, but then from contemporary romance it's the constant challenge of is this realistic? In my sense, it's, you know, is this realistic? And then balancing that with what's realistic, but what's also interesting. So there's all kinds of things that are really realistic, but I don't want to, I don't want to read about, I don't want to write about. So trying to figure out, you know, when, when you're developing that world, what's actually, uh, what will make an interesting story I find challenging. And how much will you say, how much time does it take to, for you to plot a fantasy book? Versus when plotting the romance book, because like you say, you have to create a whole different world made up world for fantasy. So I would guess that would take a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so I'm not even counting the fantasies that I was kind of my YA fantasies that I was cutting my teeth on way, way back, whatever, Mm -hmm. 2009, 2010. But the fantasy that I'm working on now, um, so Fate of Wrath and Flame is the first one I released that in May. But I was, when I say plotting, because I'm not a plotter. So when I say plotting, I mean, just, you know, writing notes and kind of trying to write and and shape a story. Um, I started doing that in 2015. But the challenge there for me was I've always had something else to work on, whether it was a contractual book for uh, a publisher, or it just didn't make sense at the time for me to release a fantasy given my um my drive for kind of pulling in contemporary romance readers and um and so it was never the right time so every year from 2015 I would work for a little bit and then I would shelve that story and then I would go off do whatever I was doing and then I'd come back and usually in January I dust it off and I'd work a bit more and then I'd, <laughs> I'd shelve again so that took that took a ton of um, time kind of throughout their thinking and then when I sat down in January of last year, that's, I was, I was working kind of nonstop on, on the plot and reworking the plot and making it work. Um, that, that, I mean, I don't, that took months. So for me at that point, so it, it's, it, it is a lot more um, for me, it's, it's a lot more intensive. So I seriously think your titles for your books are very intriguing just reading the title, you're like, oh, I'm very intrigued. Like, I will want to know what the book is about. So how do you come up with your book titles? Do you create it? Do you have the title before you start writing? Or do you finish writing before you have the, or you, or you finish writing before you have the title? Uh, it, it varies. Honestly, sometimes I know right away, sometimes it hits me the simple while that title I knew right away. I'm like, yep, that's, that's the title. There's no other question. This is the title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's been other ones where I've struggled and struggled and struggled and not had a title until 
three quarters of the way through the story. Um, and sometimes I pull my readers. Sometimes I ask them, what do you think about this? Sometimes I reach out to um, fellow author friends and kind of brainstorm. Um, so it's, there's really no, there's no one way for me to, to come up with, with anything. I just keep going until it makes sense for me. <laughs> you know, they all like, once you read the book, that the title makes sense. And that's what I think I love the most about the, your titles. Cause it's like with running wild, it's like, it makes sense. It's once you finish that book, you're like that. Yeah. That's the title. And yeah. like Payne said, it's like the titles are intriguing to where you see the title and you're like, I want to know more because it kind of gives you a little tint of what it could be, but it's just same with the covers. It's like, your covers are so mesmerizing. Like for the simple wild series, you look at them and you're just like, there's these soft yet very intriguing covers. And once you finish the book, it's like, they all make sense. It's like, that is the cover and that is the title. Well, I'm happy to hear that because we go through as authors, we go through a lot of kind of heartache and 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 just struggle to to try and get a title and a and a book cover right. Um, I was very I've been very lucky with, especially with the Simple Wild series. Um, the first concept was developed by my publisher when because I, I released the first book with a publisher, and they came. I gave them, you know, a couple ideas here or there, you know, this is in this, this is part of the story. This is part of the story because it wasn't written yet. Um, and then they come back to me, the creative, the designer comes back and, and said, here, what do you think about this? And it was just perfect right from the start. And then from there, I was lucky to be able to say to my, my cover designer, my indie cover designers for the rest of the series, say, you know, this is, this is obviously, here's the concept. We need to make this work. We need to come up with something that flows and uh, I mean, she, Hung is amazing. So mm -hmm. she's just brilliant, right? So she just kind of comes back with ideas and, and I've mm -hmm. always loved them, so. And do you always try to have your covers done before you finish your stories or are there times where you have to finish the story, like writing the story before you get a cover made for that? You know, it would be wonderful if I had a story and then I could, and then I could go and do all of those <laughs> things. But normally with the timing, the way that it works um, for me, especially I'm always, I'm always releasing books, you know, very shortly after they're finishing editing. Uh, there's not a, a long lead time, especially when I'm, uh, you know, if I'm indie pubbing. So yeah, there it's always, it's always happening simultaneously. As I'm I love that. I love that though, but like, cause like I said, it's like the cover fits the story so well, even with the, like the wolf series, um, me and Ping have said it before, like those covers are so like intriguing and it gives like, you want to know more. You're like, I bought them for the cover and then I read them and <laughs> wolf. I love him. Like, I feel so protective of him. <laughs> well, and the funny thing with that is that one, I, those, those went through several, variations of covers because those ones I was writing under a pseudonym um back like starting I can't remember what year it was like 2016 or something like that and um so they had other covers and actually at one point they had different titles because um you know they were I can't remember what the title I remember what the title was but um but 
uh, it was a learning lesson for me with that one because there were a lot of readers who saw the title and thought they were paranormal because they they had mm-hmm. the wolf in the the name, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that was learned. I'm like, okay, we have to change that because these are not paranormal. <laughs> and then you know the covers weren't fantastic, and so we went with a t- totally different concept. Um, and again, so that that came after the fact. Though in, in that case or in case of that series, those came after the fact of the stories being written. Um, so that was, there was a, there was a bit of trial and error with that, which I always believe is, um, is worth it. If you, if you can do it, if things aren't working and you, you keep working at it until you can make them work. Yeah. And it makes sense. That's, that's in my, my take on, on books, especially if, and if you're indie pub, then you have that flexibility. If you're traditionally pub, you don't have that flexibility a lot of the time um or really ever but um it's it's always up to the publisher to decide whether they want to recover a book if they want to you know do anything like that so um but when it's indie pub you 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 call the shots so mm-hmm. yeah so what is your favorite and least favorite part about publishing gosh uh, my <laughs> my favorite part i mean there's nothing like that feeling when you've finished that book and it's done and it's, it's gone through its edits and it's, you know, and it's ready to go out, but it's also the scariest part, especially mm-hmm. if it's a book that like with running wild, I, um, I was nervous about that book because it, it took such a controversial topic as dog sledding or the mushing mm-hmm. and, and dog sledding, sorry. And, um, and, and it was the whole story was, kind of worked around that and I was nervous about how readers would take that um and then also just if you've worked so long and so hard for a book and then and then you're like oh what if people hate it so that it's kind of like that it's a double-edged sword of the favorite part is having the, the story ready to go out and being proud of it being happy of it or happy with it and happy how it turned out but then the other side is oh gosh what if everyone hates it <laughs> so I don't, I don't enjoy that part <laughs> Your books have some, like, there's some scenes, like, with Running Wild, there are some scenes that made me cry, while others, I was, like, it was very steamy, there, you know, you have the sad scenes, you have the um, steamy scenes, the happy scenes, so how do you get in the mood, or how do you prepare yourself when you're writing, like, those type of scenes? Uh, I mean, I guess... uh... There, there really isn't any preparation other than I, I, I'm big into listening to music while I'm writing first draft. So I will find a song that kind of sets that or just that music or something that sets the, the vibe for whatever is happening, whether it's sad, whether it's, you know, well, steamy, I guess. I don't know really about music for that, but, <laughs> but um, or, you know, or if it's happy or energetic. I will find a song and I, I play it and I put it on repeat. So I have to listen to the same thing over and over and over again. I can't have a whole track of music changing because it throws me off. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I guess that's the only thing I do, but scenes or parts of books take me a while. I, I'm, I'm envious of those writers who say, Oh, I just finished a chapter today. Or, Oh, I just finished this. I wrote this whole scene today. No problem. I'm done. I'm moving on to the next one. I'm not that person. I'm the person who sits down you know, writes, I don't know, a couple hundred words, looks at the screen, gets distracted, comes back. Um, and then 
will definitely rewrite that scene probably about four times before I actually finish that book. So at some point I will bounce back and forth and back and forth. So I'm constantly going back and forth in different parts of my books to, to smooth them over as I develop characters more. So I'm never really in one mood or one scene for, I guess, a, a specific amount of time, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of all over the place. So do you write... With that being said, so do you write your books out of order, like one chapter one day and a different one, or do you write in order? I write in order. I'm a linear writer. So I literally write from the beginning to, to the end. And I, I, that's how I work. And then I hit walls throughout at 50 guaranteed every single book I've ever written 50%. I hit a wall and I'm like, that's it. I gotta, I I don't know what I'm doing. This is terrible. (laughs) I gotta go back. So I go back right to the beginning because at that point I've bounced around so much that I have lost my train of thought and, and, and I've lost the feel of the characters and I have to go back and, and start reading and revising again and fixing things that I've already know that I want to change just to get back and move forward. But I, I always, I have to write everything uh, from beginning to end. I wish I could bounce around from chapters and write the exciting chapters first. I know that there's writers <laughs> who do that. And I think it it would be great if I could, because I'd probably be finished books faster. Um, but also because I write in scenes. So in my head, as I'm writing, everything is a scene. So there's not a lot of kind of filler. Everything has a beginning in the middle and an end to each scene. And then they kind of connect and they flow. And so if I lose that flow, I don't know what's going on. So I have to go back. So what, um, while writing books in series, what is harder writing the first book or the, fo- or the following books of the series? You know how um, the Wolf series, that one um, is all just on one couple. But the, but the simple wild, the first three is on Jonah and Kala, and then the sec, the fourth book is on Marie and Tyler. So, because some authors say that it's harder to write the first book because it is the introduction to the world, but some find the the remaining series books harder because you have to keep it new, keep it fresh for other authors readers and so we we always ask authors because we're very curious as to how author writes their books because sometimes it gets pretty dragging at times when because authors want new for their readers and so that's why we want to ask you um i would say in general, yes, starting a series is more challenging because you are, you're building the world, right? And mm-hmm. whether it's realistic, you're, t- you know, talking contemporary or fantasy, but um, in this case, I'm thinking contemporary, you're building the, wor- the world and introducing the characters um, and introducing kind of a lot of plot threads that you're going to build off of as you go, go further on in the series. So that's normally more challenging. Mm-hmm. For me, um, so for the Wolf series, the Wolf Hotel series, that was a fun series to write just because, you know, there, I mean, it was very much about the couple and that forbidden romance element. Mm-hmm. And then I, I kind of just, you know, I kind of went wherever I wanted to go with that. I didn't worry so much, you know, things that were happening in book three that I didn't have any clue they would be happening when I was writing book one. And it didn't really matter because it was just a, a kind of a progressive story that went on. Um with the Wild at Heart series, 
The second book was very challenging, Wild at Heart, because I knew I was writing a book that is kind of the after the happily ever after. So it's the, are they actually going to stay together? Mm -hmm. Are they going to be able to make this work? And how do I keep that interesting? And because it's really, really focused on the characters and their relationship. How Mm -hmm. do I keep that interesting? Um, And that is, and that was tough. And I was able to um, change it up a lot by changing the, this, the location, like, so the setting of the book, um, rather than in the simple wild being in the west side of Alaska, this was in the kind of north of Anchorage side and very different, very different area. Mm-hmm. So I was able to keep that fresh in that sense. And then introducing a whole cast of new characters, I was able to keep that fresh, but that it was a challenging book. Um, and then Forever Wild, which was the, the ending novella was very easy for me to write because mm-hmm. it was all of the characters that we pretty much already met except for a few and all of the the stories I was pulling all of the threads together so that was easy so um you did mention the wolf hotel series um so when I started reading that one I was like I said it caught my attention because of the cover and the title so I went into it and I remember when I started it we met wolf and he was this very, I would say, closed off, serious, strong-minded hero. And I was Team Abby from the start. And then it's like it's something switched to where I ended up loving Wolf so much. Like, I was <laughs> like, he, I love him. Like, she needs to, like, treat him better, like, understand him. I'm like <laughs> Team Wolf all the way. So how was it developing that type of character to where you start off? Because I feel like so many readers love him. So it's like, how do you de- like come up with this character to make him start off with being one way to then we see him grown to this hero that, like I said, everybody loves him. I'm protective of him to from when I started. Um, you know what? That's my favorite type of character to to write, and I don't I don't know that there's like a I don't I don't know how to describe it, but in, for me, it's almost like it's a bad, really bad first impression, right? So he <laughs> you know, he had a pretty bad first impression for a lot of the first book. So um, you know, but also appealing. So there was a bit of that mm-hmm. mysterious whatever, and and appealing, and probably maybe I don't know. In I don't know if it was the greatest way, but. Um, but yeah, like he, he was abrasive and the reader, you really get to know kind of the, the more difficult side of him and then maybe, um, you know, the parts that aren't appealing. So then, but then to be able to bring in opportunity or, um, you know, hints and, and elements of him that are appealing and, Mm -hmm. um, kind of that's, that's how I usually develop a character, especially a character like that who begins so, so I don't know what the word is abrasive Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's it's just giving giving the readers like you know you're you're intrigued by him but you're also like I don't know about him and then giving and then giving them something to latch on to and draw draw them in and that's kind of that's you know there was that much softer more protective and caring side of him, but you really don't see it until you really finally see it. I think by the end of the third book, I was like a hundred percent team wolf. I was like, 
he deserves the world. I want to know everything about him. He's the best. But it was funny because then I was talking to Peng about it. I was like, when I first started the book, I was like, he was very mysterious. I was like, he's very like he does some stuff, but then he contradicts his actions. So it was a very back and forth with him. And then when you get to the second book, you're like, okay, I love him. I want to know more about him. Like there has to be more to what he's letting us believe that he is. So I loved him. I was, I was, uh, but even when we first met him in the first book, I was very curious just because he was this very close off guy. And I think we always like a bad boy. So I was like, yeah, I yeah, want to know like, more. What, what is he? Yeah. You're, cause you don't know. You're like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I know he has a lot of money. He's very yeah. attractive. I don't know anything else. <laughs> um, going to the wild series now. How did you come up with the idea of that whole series? Because, okay, Jan and I have never been to Alaska. And so reading Running Wild was totally something new and something new for both of us. And so we were both very curious as to how that idea for that first book, um, The Simple Wild, come uh, come into play. Um, so I have, we have a cottage in Northern Ontario, um, mm-hmm. on a lake and, and across the, the bay, there used to be this, co- uh, this cottage with a guy with a plane. He had a, a float plane and he would come in and out off the lake with the float plane. And I would sit there and I'd watch the thing take off and, and come back. And I was always really curious where he's going. I, I know he was actually teaching lessons about teaching flying lessons there. Um, but, but it was always just very interesting. I always wanted to know where he's going and in Northern Ontario, not so much where our cottage is because it is, mm-hmm. um, it is, you know, there's road access, et cetera, but the further North you go, you actually do reach areas in Ontario where you can't get there by, by a normal vehicle. You have to either fly mm-hmm. well, you basically, you have to fly in. Um, and so when I say normal vehicle, I mean a car, sorry. And um, anyway, so I just, I guess I just watching that guy take off and land um, made me start asking questions about, you know, who is he? Where is he going? Wouldn't it be really interesting to see? And then, oh, you know, it'd be cool to have a story based on a pilot and, and this and that. And that's how all of my stories start is just a little thread of something. And then from there, I was originally planning or I was looking and researching Northern Ontario as a, as a base for a story. Um, and then I was looking at Yukon, which is also in Canada. Also it's right beside Alaska. Right. So you'd have a mm-hmm. lot of that same feel there. And then the more I was doing research um, just about everything, the more I ended up veering towards Alaska um, because, and then because of the bush plane, plane, plane aspect, um, I was learning, doing a ton of research and learning about Western Alaska. And I didn't know anything about Western Alaska. Everything I knew about Alaska was the mountains and Anchorage and, you know, that, that treed area, beautiful, gorgeous area, you know, whereas you've got the Western tundra, very, very, very different. And I found that extremely fascinating because I thought, you know what, nobody, nobody knows about this. Nobody, I mean, very few people you don't see it a setting, a story setting, or even movie setting or anything based on that area. 
So then I just started doing a ton of research because I knew it, for me to do that, I would need to learn a ton about the area. Um, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of the um, um, indigenous population in that area. There's, um, which is the Alaska native area. Um, and it's just a completely different lifestyle. They're completely isolated from one side of Alaska. You cannot get across there unless you were going by plane. There are no roads going across. So I just found that extremely fascinating. Did a ton of research on flying, on, on the people. And, and then I, I, at that point, I knew that that would be a perfect fish out of water story, bringing Kala over there and, and how different that would be. Um, and that's that's where that story came from, really. And then and then from there, I, I knew that I wanted very a very strong um, family plot line, which was mm-hmm. Kala and her father and the estrangement. And then I wanted the romance and I wanted both of those plot lines to be very strong and very central to the story and to figure out a way to weave them in together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that took that took quite a bit of work to, to figure out the right balance. But I kind of, I think I did. I hope I did. You did. I, think <laughs> it was. I, it was so funny because when I started reading the books and it's like the proposal with Sandra Bullock was based in, I think in Alaska. Yeah. And I kept thinking about that movie when I was reading the book, I was like, Alaska, I want to go to Alaska. I was like, not <laughs> first because of the movie, not because of the book. I was like, I, I went, I, I went in uh, September finally. And oh, really? Was, uh, yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was just, it was, it was such a, an incredible trip. I was only there for, you know, six days, I think on the ground and I really want to go back again. Um, but I think we made the most of the six days that we had, we were all over the place, just in, in the Anchorage area and like North a bit and South a bit. And it was amazing. I highly recommend it. So I, I've actually, I've never been there. So do they actually, do they have an airport where they actually land people in or no? Or do they have to fly like charter? Like how? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, well, I mean, which, whichever area you're, I don't know which area you're talking about, but I mean, all of, yeah, they have the, the bigger areas have, I mean, you've got your regional airports, you've got the Anchorage airport, you've got um, you know, there's tons of little airports. So we drove up to Talkeetna and there's just, mm-hmm. there's tons of little charter airports and then mm-hmm. like the regional city airports. And, and when I say airport, they're, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty basic. There are just, you know, got a couple runways and mm-hmm. some simple buildings. Um, but I mean, you, you land and take off there, <laughs> it works. Mm-hmm. but th- there are the bigger, bigger airports that do have, mm-hmm. um, you know, flight plans and, and the Alaska air and yeah. Alaska's in my bucket list. I want to go, but I'm old, like with Canada, I want to go when it snows. Like I love the cold. I love the cold. So I'm always wanting to go everywhere when it's cold. When, when you say the cold, <laughs> what do you mean by the cold? Like, <laughs> what I mean, like, I want it to be like snow outside and me having to wear like a bunch of like jackets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I say that when it's cold in Texas, when it's like 20, I'm like with a bunch of scarves and I'm like, I don't like the cold. I, I, you know, yeah, there's, there's cold. And then there's, you know, you step outside and your, your nose hairs freeze and (laughs) and your hands are like in throbbing in pain if you don't have gloves on. So um, yeah, there's different levels of cold. (laughs) That's what my cousin said, because he's from Chicago 
And he's like, you don't know what cold is. He's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there, so Chicago's on the um, one side of the great lakes and Toronto's on the (laughs) other. So Chicago and and Toronto get very similar weather. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I get it. It it can be very cold. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, come visit me for a week. And he's like, you're going to want to leave the second day you're here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Texas is, like I said, Texas, it's a weird weather. Um, So when we, because I know, like Payne said, the first three bucket and the Simple um, Wild series are about Jonah and um, Kala. Did you, with, when you were, well, I guess what my question is, were you always planning on giving uh, Marie her own book? Because I know with people who read Jonah's story, I would say always saw Marie as, I wouldn't say the villain, but I would say like the third person who was always there in the middle. So did you always plan on giving her her story, her happy ever after and having us, I guess, get to know her more? You know what? She was never when I when I crafted her or introduced her in the simple wild. I never sat there thinking, oh, I got to give her her own story. That was at that point. That was not. Um, that was not part of the plan. Um, but I also, that part of the plan that wasn't to continue the series was also not necessarily part of the plan until I finished the simple wild. And I knew, oh, I could write, I could totally write another book here because you know, their story's not over. It's just Mm -hmm. beginning. Um, and I think it was after I wrote wild at heart and I finished that, that, um, you know, seeing that there definitely was an opportunity to, give Marie her own story, because for me, she's always been very misunderstood. Um, You know, is she kind of a villain, as you say? I wouldn't, I would never call her that. Um, You know, did she have feelings for Jonah? I mean, anyone who's read The Running Running Wild would know that she did at that point. Um, But I, you know what, when you, readers met Marie as she did, she, they met her as the outsider. So when they, Mm -hmm. They were already in the story. They were already falling for Kala and Jonah together. But Joan, or Marie was there before. Marie and Jonah, if you've read Running Wild, I mean, they had a tight relationship. So here comes Kala coming in um, and blowing all that up. Now, you know, what it was all that, 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 you know, is a conversation because obviously it wasn't what Marie wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't, I've never looked at her as evil. I've never looked at her as... Um, as a villain and I mean I like she was in, in love with her best friend and had to watch him fall in love and marry another woman I mean how painful would that be so at that point I knew that there was a huge opportunity to give her a story that would be really interesting and, and very compelling and I love her I like I was telling Pink this book has to be my one of my favorite books of the year that I read this year it I feel so protective of her and like I said I cried several times while reading it because it's like you get to know her more more. you get to see you know her feelings because I felt like there were times where she felt like she wasn't always put at first place she was always seen like you said the outsider the person on the side and like there's a scene in the book where she overhears her sister and her mom talking and that scene crushed me. I was like, <laughs> yeah, because I felt so bad because it's like you see how much not just her feelings affect her 
with everything that's going on, you know, seeing Jonah fall in love, get married, but also how her family views her. So it was a more of a, you know, I, I wanted to protect her so much. I was like, I, right now I don't like Jonah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and like, I wanted to protect Marie at all costs. So it was like very, I loved getting that side of her story just because you, you know where she's at now, you know how she feels. And she was, I didn't see her as the villain either, just because she never went after Jonah in a, he's mine type of way. Right. Right. Not like a crazy way, but yeah. like, you know, there, yeah, there was, there was a moment in wild at heart, which actually is addressed in running wild. And, you know, she realizes yeah, maybe she shouldn't have done that, but it was also not a kind of vindictive evil. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get him um, act. And after, will we get more from her? Cause you know, <laughs> I feel there's a scene in the book where Tyler tells her that he's in love with her, but he's not in that place yet. And he asks her, wait for me. I want you to be at the end of the line waiting for me. Would we, I mean, like Jonah got three books. Why can't Marie get like another book? (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. People have been asking that, which is funny because for the longest time, everybody was like, I'm not excited about Marie. I'm not excited about Marie. Or Kala and Jonah don't write this other book. So I'm like, all right, um, I'm going to write it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I with Kala and Jonah, you know, the, like I said, the first book was very much, there was that element with Ren and Kala and, and then it was, you know, leaving and not being together. And so there was a lot of material that you could build a, a book on, like Wild at Heart on with the two of them. With... Um, with Marie and Tyler, I still, I feel like they're, they're there. Like they, yeah, they, they, you know, they're, they have elements to their relationship that, you know, you could, you could watch as a reader, you could watch it grow, but um, you know, challenges and things like that, you know, is that enough to, to write a whole other book? I no, I don't, I don't see it being that way. Um, You know, if I were to, if I were to write another book in the series, which I'm not committing to in any way, shape or form, um, it would be completely new again. It would probably, it would be a different character. Um, and then would you see Tyler and Marie kind of as a cameo, just as you've seen um, Kala and Jonah and you've seen other characters in the, in the world and you get to see how they're progressing. Um, yeah, that would likely happen. But um, I think where Running Wild ends, it's, it's kind of, for me, it was a feeling of, okay, you know, she's, she's kind of, she's getting what she wants She's mm-hmm. going to get what she wants. That was, you know, thing, things are going to work out for them. That's that's how I wanted to end that book. I'm not going to say I'm not sad because I'm like so <laughs> obsessed with them. I'm like so obsessed with them. It was like when I finished the book, I literally sat there. I'm like, oh, my God, I love her. Like, I actually do love her because, like I said, like we saw a side of her that we didn't expect to see. And it's like you finished the book very protective of her. There were times where, like with Tyler, like he's coming from a place where, you know, he's closed off. He has some grief still in him and he was not looking for anybody. So it's like there's times where I'm like wanting to smack him. I'm like, stop doing that. Like <laughs> you're playing with her feelings. Um, but it was like 
with that book, it made me so protective of her. And I love them. They were just... Oh, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> so you did mention that some readers said that they're not excited for Marie and they don't, want, they don't really need her book. So was it hard to make um, while writing her book to change their... The hoping when you write it, it will change their mind and that will turn them to love her. Was it hard while writing the book? Um, you know, I mean, the, the fear was there that because, mm-hmm. you know, when you sit down to write a book, you're working on it for me anyway. I'm working on it for, you know, three months solid or around that, I think, for that one. Um, and so, yeah, so you're sitting there and really delving into the, the book and I'm thinking, oh, God, like I, I already know that people don't really want this book, but I feel like I'm going to give it to them anyway. Cause I think they're like, they just, they, she's misunderstood. And I think mm-hmm. it's a great, going to be a great story. Um, and, but, but what if, what if they don't like it? What if nobody <laughs> likes it? But that's a worry. That's a worry with any book, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what, with very quickly writing that very quickly within the story, you know, this kind of the second chapter already, I, I was me as a writer, I was like, Oh, I, I'm loving Marie. I was personally mm-hmm. loving her. Um, and so I, I couldn't see how readers would not love her. So I felt confident that their, their minds would be changed if they were willing to pick up the book. And that was my, mm-hmm. my kind of my big concern is maybe they're just not going to pick up the book period. And then mm-hmm. they'll never know. And, and, you know, it is what it is, mm-hmm. but I'm going to write the story that I think Marie deserves. So yeah, it, it was, I, I wanted people to give her a chance. And I felt like if they give her a chance, nine out of 10 times, they're going to be happy with her. Mm-hmm. How much research went into this book? Because me and Payne, like we mentioned, this book was, I mean, with it had the dog sled race um, storyline. I've never, ever read a book or re- watched any movie with that sort of um, plot. So how, how much research went into that? <laughs> a ton. Uh, I mean, I, so I, when I went to Alaska, um, I went to a kennel and I went and we went on a, it was, it was dry land cause it was still grassy and muddy. There was, there was no snow there at that point. Um, and we went for a train run training run with the dogs and we met them and everything. And I, and I, we talked to, I talked to a musher who actually did write the run in the Iditarod. And, um, so I, I was able to get that just kind of that real life feel just for, just for the dogs themselves. Um, but then I spent a ton of time reading online on the mm-hmm. website, um, on like the Iditarod website. And there's, there's so much information on there. There's a ton of education there. There's a lot of, a lot of blogs, a lot of, um, volunteers, a lot who, who blog about their experience, um, just, there's a ton of information. So it was, it was a lot of going through and reading to make sure that I understood, um, and, and was able to get a, a good grasp of kind of what that event looks like. But then also I needed to write it in a way that it didn't feel like I was, um, you know, just dumping a whole bunch of information about a race. Like it really needed to weave really well into the story, um, of, of Marie and Tyler, so, yeah, so there were, I did a ton of research and then I really only kind of pulled what I felt made sense. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I, I hope that I did it justice. It was, you know, it was, I, again, I was a bit nervous about that because I know it is, it is something completely different and completely new. And I had no idea. I mean, it's, it's running right now. They're they're Although I'm trying to think what the last day is. Oh, they're, they're definitely still running because the Iditarod started last weekend. So, and, and even the, the fastest of them is going to finish and, you know, call it eight, eight days ish, nine days, depending on the mm-hmm. weather. So they should be finishing up really soon. Oh, now I'm excited. I need to go <laughs> while reading this book. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to look up this more about this race because I've never heard of it. I don't know why. Maybe I've been living in a box. I don't know, but I've never heard of the dog sled race. So when, when it was mentioned in the book, I can seriously tell that you did a lot of research for it. And I was like, I really enjoy when author do research and you can see it in the book and just like just obviously not a bunch of information but with the importance of the um of the research about it I seriously love that and I Marine being a veterinarian I seriously feel like you did an amazing job about it like do you have friends or do you did also research about being a vet also because the way how you describe everything yeah Yeah, uh, again a ton of research ton of reading um and I think I was a bit I was nervous about the vet aspect because I mean that's that's a whole giant topic on Mm -hmm. its own um and to try and you know write from a veterinarian's perspective when I mean that that's that's that that would be tough right so I knew going in that it was going to be you know it's going it was going to be fairly surface level in the in mm-hmm. the sense of from a technical standpoint I was I could not get technical a because this is you know a romance women's fic and readers don't necessarily want the technical <laughs> and and it doesn't you don't don't necessarily need it for the story um but I also really wanted to capture you know, the things about the veterinary. I didn't want to work in stereotypes. I didn't, I wanted to, to address kind of the realities of it. So um, again, yeah, but a bunch of research and a lot of reading blogs, a lot of, it's always, um, I, I fall down a lot of rabbit holes when I'm doing research and I go off mm-hmm. in, you know, tangents and it's really all about asking questions and asking the right questions, you know, typing the right questions into Google and then finding where, you know, where that leads you. That's for me, for, for research, for any story, um, that's where I end up kind of gathering, gathering the bits of what I hope is um, realistic and paints a realistic picture. You know, I have to say, um, there are times when you read fiction books and you can totally say, okay, yeah, this book is fiction. But there are times when you read it and it is really, like, you can really connect to the, to the characters. Like, it is really, like, in reality. Like, for Marie, I can totally feel for her. I, I don't know, like, but seriously, I have to say every single time when it's an unrequited love book or I cry every single time for any unrequited love story. It's, and so for this one, I seriously feel for Marie. I cried so many times with her. And I have to like what Jen mentioned earlier. I am not liking Jonah. <laughs> like, like, I get it that he didn't know that she liked him like he've always been he've always looked at her as his friend 
So I totally get from his side of view. But at the same time, now I'm really protective of Marie. Like she loved this guy so much that she let go of her fiance. And, and for her, now falling for Tyler and Tyler just to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm so grieving. I'm not ready for any complications. I know, I was it's like, like strike two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> and I, I love Marie so much. And I seriously think it, it is really, everyone, I'm pretty sure everyone goes through unrequited love once in their lifetime. And so it is pretty realistic. And I seriously am glad that you wrote Marie's book, even when readers are like, I don't want her book. I'm glad he actually wrote her book. I was like, I'm giving you her book, <laughs> whether you want it or not. Yeah. Um, so since we talk more about Marie, um, let's dive more about Tyler's character. So how did you actually um, develop Tyler's character since he's like this very closed off since he's been grieving about his wife and with a kid that didn't make it? So how did how did you come up with the idea for Tyler to for him to go through what he did? Um, well, I just I guess when I when I was figuring out what the story would be and what who Marie would I knew that Marie was going to fall in love with someone it would it would be kind of a repeat mm-hmm. um, in the sense that you know it was like the strike two like oh man I'm going after the <laughs> wrong guy here mm-hmm. um, it, it very much needed to be a situation where it's not like, you know, he just decided, Oh, I don't like you. And then I like you, you know, something, something as simple as that there had it to be, had to be some sort of major personal conflict on his side that, you know, really had nothing to do with Marie. And so, mm-hmm. um, and so for me, it, it just made sense um, that it, it would be tied to him still being in love with someone else. And then, and then, you know, you, again, you follow down that path or pull that thread and be like, okay, well, wh- why aren't they together anymore? I don't, you know, I don't want it to be because, oh, they just broke up. I want it to be something very, very um, profound and, and final. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about her coming back. Yeah. Um, yeah I just, and, and I, I don't even know. I, I think I, I just kind of went through thinking about tragedy, thinking about different, different things that people go through in life. Um, and that's, that's another, that's another challenge, um, you know, and, and it's, it's fairly rare, um, especially in, in kind of that part of the world, I should say, um, where he was from, but um, yeah, it happens. And, and I always try and, and write stories based on things that happen. And I do a lot of research and I pull news stories. I read the news constantly, just kind of people news stories uh, to, because it's always interesting to see what other people have gone through and, and um, they, they give you ideas. And, you know, his character was very, like I said, there's times where you, I wanted to be like, what are you doing? Because he would like flirt with her and then he would take it back and then he would say stuff and he would take it back. And then there's a scene where he, when he actually tells her, you know, it like, I'm not ready. I, you know, I don't want anything like we should be friends, um, et cetera. But it's like, you also see that side of him that he's struggling, like he's um, holding himself back. So did you ever, I guess, so I'm talking about a certain scene. 
So uh, when he like cuts her off and tells her, you know, that they're better off as friends. Did was that scene planned from the beginning? Did you knew did you know that was going to happen to where, like you said, you know, the same thing happened again with that strike too. you know, she falls for the person who is not going to doesn't want to commit or doesn't feel he feels the same, but he doesn't want to go that route and give himself a second chance. Yes. Yeah. So I, I knew always that, that I would have to develop that somehow, um, you know, and, and so again, not to, to spoil anything here, but the thing that happens with, you know, in the, in the tent that first that night, you know, and, and all of that, I mean, I, I, that was very specific as, as I was building that because the reader needed to, to feel the tension between them. They had to feel that there was something there already, Otherwise, um, or a potential of something there. Otherwise, you know, him saying, I just want to be friends wouldn't have the same impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can already see, like, she's already getting hooked. She's mm-hmm. already getting pulled in and her feelings are already uh, moving in that direction. And given that the book starts with, with a flashback of her still being in love with Jonah. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at the, the first chapter, it's still in the second chapter, it still has that that Jonah vibe, Jonah is still very much on her mind, even though she knows that it's not going anywhere mm-hmm. um, and it will never go anywhere. And um, so it was important to introduce, for me, I felt it was important to introduce a new love interest very quickly, even if it was going to be an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, you know, looking at real life, it's never so simple. It's never, you know, what, what people want versus what, they can handle a lot of the time can be two different things, especially if there's grief involved. And so, you know, you can have glimpses of, of happiness and glimpses of where things might feel like they're okay. Um, and then all of a sudden you remember, Oh wait, they're not okay. And that can, you know, that you, that can um, mess with your mind and mess with your emotions. And I think that's what happens with Tyler, especially as you know, he meets Marie who he did not expect to meet anyone who would, interest him so and here he's meeting someone who's interesting him, it, um, who he's interested in and or is appealing to him and oh but all of a sudden oh yeah wait a minute here's my past giving me a good swift kick every once in a while <laughs> so I, I think to me that makes sense as you know there's there's no the grief process is not um, you know it's, it's not a smooth path Mm-hmm. You don't wake up one day and say, Hey, I'm okay. Now let's, let's make this work. I think there's a lot of internal battle. I think that's normal. Mm-hmm. The tension though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was real. Tension. I was yeah, like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so from all the heroes that you've written, which one would you say is your favorite? Um, God, you know, Jonah, I think I, I will always have a there, that whole story, that world will have a special place in my heart. And so Jonah, um, I really, 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 really value him. Like I, he's probably my favorite. Um, but I also like, I am, I really enjoyed writing Xander or am enjoying because I'm writing the second book in that fantasy now. And so writing Xander, um, who's the king um, in that, in, in the hero, uh, the hero in that book or in that series. Um, I'm loving that as well, because I, again, it's always about the dynamic of the, of the two characters. And so mm-hmm. I, it's, it's always about that, right. It's never just about 
oh, I love him because of him. It's like, I love him with, with Kala or I love him with Marie and I love Xander with Romeria. Um, those two, I would say. And, but I think, I feel like I have a, every character that I've created, I kind of have a special something for them. They're, they're like people to me now. <laughs> <laughs> so what is next for you in 2022? Uh, so I'm working on A Curse of Blood and Stone right now. And then um, I definitely am going to write a sequel to um, The Player Next Door. So it's called The Hustler Next Door. And, I, and it's been on the back burner. I was supposed to write it last year and I was not in the mood for writing a kind of a rom-com fluffy romance. And so I just said, no, I'm not doing it um, because I've learned to not write books when I'm not ready to write them. Um <laughs> So yeah, so I put that aside, but I will go back to write that. And then beyond that, I have a few ideas, but I'm not committing to anything at this point. So we'll see, see where we get to by the end of the year, really. Well, I'm so excited for everything that's to come. And um, before we do let you go, we wanted to play a little game with you, which is a this or that game. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's just to get to know you a little bit better. Let's see. All right. So it's the this or that, and let's start off with city or nature? Nature. Airbnb or hotel? Airbnb. Plane or train? Train. You know, I've never been on a train. <laughs> I want to. Been on trains. They're, they, they're, on, they're on the ground. They're lower. Yes. <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> Art or history? Art. Adventure or relax? Uh, usually adventure, actually. Yeah. Adventure. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Group or alone? I'd say small group. Planet <laughs> <laughs> it or wing it? I wing it. Oh, me Definitely. too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at planning. I'm just like, hmm. No, you should see all of our vacations that we go to. There's no planning. It's like you basically just float from, you know, what, what are we doing today? And then just we end up at a, a pub or a patio and, and <laughs> yes. go that way. Backpack or suitcase? Suitcase. Resort or cruise? Uh, I would say resort. Yeah. Sightseeing or shopping? Sightseeing. Party trip or romantic trip? Party trip. <laughs> Tourist stops or hidden gems? Hidden gems. Yes. All right. So that is for the this and that. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was seriously a pleasure talking to you. And like I said, we love your books. Love the running wild. It was, it was chef kisses. It was amazing. Oh, thank and, you so much. Thank you. And thank you for having me, both of you. You're <laughs> welcome. And uh, we cannot wait for the books that you have coming up this year. We're so excited. And we hope you have an amazing weekend. You too. Enjoy uh, you know, Texas and California. <laughs> not, not snowing. <laughs> Enjoy yeah. it. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. 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 Thank you so, so, so much to Kay Tucker for joining us today on our podcast. We definitely... I seriously need to read more of her books. I love her writing style. And like she said, her books, even though they are fiction, it is very realistic. You can totally. I, I need to read those. Oh my gosh, those covers. Like I see those covers and I'm like, oh my gosh, they are so 
they are so awesome, but at the same time, like I've mentioned before, I have not really read a lot of fantasy. But I think I'm going to go read them now. I love the way how she writes. Yeah. Like her writing style and everything is, I love it. So I'm going to have to read more of her books. And I'm definitely, and if you have not read Running Wild, oh my gosh, guys, pick up this book. I highly, highly recommend it. It is so amazing. You might cry. You might not cry, but we okay, cried. It, yeah, we totally <laughs> did. Like we, I totally have like a box of tissues next to me because I feel for Marie. So, mm-hmm. so our Jana and our Anna giveaways were closed yesterday. So thank you to everyone who entered. And guys, there are a lot of entries for each giveaways. So. Bear with us as we, it's probably going to take us a few weeks before we announce the winners. So please be patient with us. Be patient because like you said, we have a lot of stuff going on, meaning with our book box, (laughs) we literally are finishing because we're formatting the books ourselves. Yes. So it's, it is a little bit longer. Um, We're finishing the first one. So we're going to send that off. I think. I mean, by the time this podcast goes live, I'm hoping we would have sent it out already for like a sample. Mm -hmm. Um, We just technically finished ordering the swag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're narrowing down everything for the first box. We Mm -hmm. are days away from getting the second cover done. And then Mm -hmm. the third cover is being worked on. So it's like a lot of stuff is happening right now. Mm hmm. So it is going to take us a little bit to announce the winners, but we are. Yes. Once again, thank you, K.A. Tucker, for joining us. And if you, if you have not read Running Wild, pick that up. We hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast and hope you guys have an amazing rest of the week. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.